You will hear the word debut, inaugural, first of its kind a lot this season. And those same catchphrases can be used during this hour of programming that is a first in central Indiana. It is an hour of radio each and every week that is dedicated to the world's game, that is dedicated to football everywhere else. We call it soccer here, hence the name Soccer Saturday. I am your host, Greg Rakestraw. It is a thrill and an honor to be associated with the Indy 11 in this, their inaugural season, and this, our debut show. See, I told you we'd use those words a lot on the program. During the course of this hour on a weekly basis, we'll talk about all aspects of the game. We'll talk a lot about the Indy 11, their opening kickoff for the 2014 North American Soccer League season April 12th at Carroll Stadium downtown at IUPUI. Now, coming up this week, they have a pair of exhibition games. They'll be up in West Lafayette at Purdue taking on MLS side, the Chicago Fire, on Tuesday night. And they will do battle against Indiana University, the alma mater of several Indy 11 players, not to mention head coach Jurgen Summer. That'll be Friday night downtown at Carroll Stadium. So it's a busy week. But things kick off in earnest on April the 12th, the first of 27 games this team will play in the North American Soccer League this season. So we'll talk about the Indy 11 every week. Jurgen Summer joins us this week. We'll also talk with Peter Wilt from the front office of the Indy 11. He'll join us a little bit later on in the program. We mentioned Indiana University, and so they are so associated seemingly for years the sport would go hand-in-hand hand with a reference to Indiana University in this state. Their head coach and Todd Yagley will join us coming up towards the bottom of the hour. And one thing that we will do on a week-in, week-out basis is talk about some of the great supporters that this organization has, not to mention just kind of the efforts to grow the game in the state of Indiana. Josh Mason, one of the founding members of the Brickyard Battalion, Without the Brickyard Battalion, I'm not sure there's an Indy 11 that we are talking about, and there probably most certainly isn't an hour of radio that we have to discuss all things that are going on in soccer. So today on the show will be a lot about the Indy 11. We will branch out as the weeks and months go on. We are just two and a half months away from the World Cup being in Brazil. The team, the Indy 11, will take a break we will not on this show. So we'll be kind of World Cup radio for you in large parts of June and July. Uh, we'll talk about the game globally. We'll talk about the Premiership. We'll talk about the Bundesliga, La Liga, the Champions League, and things like that as the club season on the FIFA World Calendar is starting to wind down. And, of course, things like the Champions League and the Europa League uh, are getting down to their quarterfinal legs, getting ready to kind of kick things off next week. We will talk about local soccer. Now, we're going we're gonna to cover that by talking about the Indiana Hoosiers on today's program. But on a week-in, week-out basis, we'll try to cover it all, all the way from what the Indy 11 are doing in the North American Soccer League. We'll keep you posted on what's happening in MLS. We'll talk about what's happening in Europe. We'll talk about what's happening from a world perspective. We'll talk about what's happening in high school and college. We'll try to do all of this in the span of 60 minutes. Trust me, folks, we'll find a way to get this done. Something we'll also tell you about throughout the course of this show is to talk about, well, how you can get tickets to be a part of the world's game here with Indiana's team. 317-685-1100 is that telephone number to reach out to Indy 11. Better yet, go to their website, Indy11.com. There you can find all of the social media links to follow 
your new favorite football team. Well, again, soccer here locally. Again, this is the debut edition of Soccer Saturday. We'll be here each and every Saturday, and in upcoming weeks, we'll give you the opportunity to dial in and share your thoughts, whether it's about what's going on in Europe, what's going on right here in your own backyard. We'll have plenty of ways you can interact with us on Twitter, email, Facebook, the whole nine yards. But for this, the first show, just sit back, relax, and let us do the heavy lifting. Lots of great conversations will be had in this opening show, and we'll start with the first head coach in the history of Indy 11, Jurgen Sommer. Played on World Cup teams, played professionally overseas for years, but now coaching your team, the Indy 11. He joins us next. You're listening to Soccer Saturday on FM 107.5 and 1070 The Fan. Welcome back on this debut edition of Soccer Saturday here on 107.5 FM and 1070 The Fan. And a, a guy that you will hear, if not every week, then pretty doggone close. He's the head coach of the Indy 11. We're now two weeks away from the debut game. It is Jurgen Summer. Jurgen, my friend, it is always good to see you. And my guess is you're ready for, for the live thing. You're ready for the real thing coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we are. We've uh, we've trounced around here uh, uh, preseason camps in Arizona, Florida, uh, the team's uh, excited to get back. A lot of uh, a lot of interest in the team. A lot of uh, uh, passion for the guys, just to get out and really play in front of the home fans and kind of they see what's happening at IUPUI, the rebuilding of the stadium, uh, the interest from the general public that's here, and the exhibition games that we've had. And I think they're ready for the real thing now. It's got to be a strange and wonderful problem to have, and that there has been so much attention and and so much fan interest in this team. And this has really been building up from, say, last summer on. So almost right. for the course of the year, and yet you haven't played a game at this point. Yes, you've had exhibition games. Yes, you've had training sessions. But but I got to think, you know, athletes and coaches are creatures of habit. My guess is for that reason alone, you can't wait for the season to start. Yeah, no, we can't. We've been, uh, we've been fortunate to get some of the uh, final pieces of the puzzle come into town. Uh, a good example last night, Corby Moore from Southampton from from uh, England came in and joined us. So he was at training today for the first time. Uh, we had him out with us in Arizona for preseason training early February. So the guys were excited to get him back. He's excited to be here. Uh, and what's fun is the buzz and the, you can see the the attitude and the tempo of our practice sessions. Every time one of our guys starts to come in and get settled in, uh, you know, the quality goes up, the tempo goes up, and the buzz continues to go up. So, One of the catchphrases with the team has been the world's game and Indiana's team. Uh, and soccer certainly is known throughout the globe as the world's game. Your roster is a wonderful example of it. You've got a handful of local guys. You've right. got guys that are from, from numerous other countries and guys that have lots of experience in various leagues. What sort of process does that mean for you as a coach trying to bring together all those different types of personalities and cultures to make one good set of team chemistry. We're excited to bring all that chemistry and all that diversity here mm -hmm. to the city of Indianapolis, the state of Indiana, just representing through the Indy 11. Um, you know, we handpicked each one of these guys. Uh, obviously, you can't get everybody you want in year one, but we found like we found a lot of quality type of people uh, positionally. Uh, we found players that we know are really going to help us in certain areas of the field. Yeah, we went far and wide. We look locally. We look domestically here from coast to coast. Uh, we've got guys from New York and L.A. We've got guys from the Midwest. Um, we've got guys from Central America. We've got uh, a player from uh, Southampton Football Club in the Premiership in England. Yep. Uh, we have one of the top under-20 uh, national team U.S. strikers in the country in Ben Spencer who came to us uh, via Norway. Uh, was under a pro contract there for an extended period of time. So 
we really kind of, we were patient, right? And we, uh, the buzz definitely helped us from the city and from uh, the Brickyard Battalion, our fan base, and uh, the support we've been getting for the team. So the buzz out there on, in social media and our website. So players want to come play here. Uh, they know what's happening, what we're building, and they want to be part of it. Uh, and the local guys, I have to say, have, have really helped us build that platform because they've been at every appearance, signing every autograph. Uh, they were here months and months before everybody else. So, you know, hats off to a lot of those guys, Chris Way, uh, you know, and Baba and Nathan Sprinkle, guys that really yeah. kind of kind of let the rubber hit the road from day one. So it, it's nice to start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, the real games coming. Uh, next week will be very interesting with the Chicago Fire game, the IU game, and then we're not far away from the start of the season. Oh, no doubt about that. Um, every player has a unique story as how they got to that point. To me, one of the more unique stories is that of Ben Spencer, is the fact that he is such a young guy, and so much of, of us as American sports fans is the model of high school, college, and then you go pro. Right. He is a guy that is of college age, barely above high school age, yet has a professional background. Tell us about his story. Right. Ben was a uh, – he. Uh, I first became familiar with Ben in uh, Arizona. He actually went to uh, Residency Academy that Real Salt Lake of the MLS have in Casa Grande. Uh, so he was in residency there as a youth, uh, played with our U18 national team, U.S. national team, multiple tournaments around, around Europe, and that's where he was scouted. I was contacted by uh, two former Manchester United coaches that uh, just moved to Molda in Norway and uh, took over the head coaching role there, and they scouted him at a tournament in Germany and asked for uh, my thoughts on him as a player if I knew him and could reach out to him. And I was part of a U.S. contingent that helped take him out of that residency program from 16 to 18 and uh, give him the opportunity to go to Norway with a very good professional club. Those coaches that brought him there, by the way, were one of the leading strikers for Manchester United, Joel Gunnar Scholskar and uh, – Richard Hardis, who was an assistant coach for a long time at Manchester United. They have since left Molda and have gone to Cardiff City in the English mm -hmm. Premier League and are the head coaches there now. So they obviously thought a lot of Ben, and uh, as we do, we can really see his potential. Uh, I think he's turning 19 here shortly, uh, but he has all the tools of the trade to be very successful. And you see it in other sports. Uh, I'm not going to say he's a LeBron James, but you <laughs> see younger guys making that transition. Right. That's exactly what he did. He the potential's there. He has the ability to be a high-profile player in the next couple of years, and uh, we feel very fortunate to have him here on our roster. Have you had a player that has kind of stepped up and taken a leadership role? Have you named a team captain for this team yet? No, we haven't. we got a couple guys in mind that we've been watching through the preseason. Uh, obviously, it's been a little bit choppy from a personnel standpoint because we've been trying to bring in a, a lot of new faces, give them a real opportunity to play games, to train with us, to travel with us so we can uh, – spend some time with them on the field, off the field, and make sure it's a good fit for everybody. Uh, but we think that's that kind of as we got back here to Indianapolis, we started training here at IUPUI, that's kind of taking care of itself, so to speak. I think once the ball's been rolled out there and the group more consistently is together now with the same guys, uh, that naturally, you know, we're getting some leaders that are really taking shape. So, uh, yeah, that, that's a that's a great angle. More to come on that in the next couple of weeks. Indy Levitt head coach Jurgen Summer is our guest. This debut edition of Soccer Saturday, again, uh, presented by so many great sponsors. Our friends at Honda, Chatham Tap, uh, Trifecta Clinical and Community Health. And you hear it every Saturday morning right here on FM 107.5 and 1070. The fan, a couple quick things, and then we'll let you go. Uh, when it comes to the final two exhibition games, the Chicago Fire and MLS team, you're going to play that up at Purdue Soccer Complex this coming Tuesday. Then you get your alma mater, Indiana University. 
University coming into Carroll Stadium on Friday. What are you looking for in those final two warm-up events before you kick it off on April the 12th? Uh, those final two events are very important for us, for the technical staff, and uh, and for our franchise. We're at that point kind of really going to be putting our best foot forward with our personnel, uh, with our objectives for the game to you know try to reach some coaching points we want to achieve during both games. Both are a little bit different uh, based on the competition that we're playing, but nonetheless, uh, we're using it as a fine-tuning opportunity to prepare the team to play the following weekend. So both games are very important to us. Uh, especially the IU game here at IUPUI. It's a real good dry run the week before the start of the season, uh, giving our season ticket holders a chance to come into the stadium, uh, familiarize themselves with their seats and the team and and the atmosphere that'll be there. So that's an important one for us as well. But I'm not going to discount the Chicago Fire game as well. We're we're, uh, we're excited to go up to uh, Purdue University. They've got a a wonderful new soccer stadium they've just built up there. It's state-of-the-art. Uh, we're going to be excited to be there, and the Chicago Fire will give us a great level of competition, too, to really measure where we are. And I today. realize that now as we get closer, and it has been for the last several weeks, I'm sure your focus has been much more on the pitch than as opposed to the atmosphere and the surroundings and things like that. But given the buildup, given the energy that has surrounded this franchise and its brief history, just your expectations. What is opening night going to be like at Carroll Stadium? I really want our players and our and our entire staff to really embrace that because uh, we have a lot of great folks uh, that Peter Wilt and Ursal have put together, and uh, they really need to enjoy that moment too because they've worked long and hard for a good year to get ready for this and to open up the right way. And uh, not only do we want to be prepared on the field, but we want the players to enjoy it, right? This is a historic moment for us, a first real league game for this club going forward, and the players that are here with us now are going to be part of that, and we really want them to enjoy the atmosphere and what it really means. Uh, there's not very many chances in your life as a professional soccer player or footballer that you get to start a club from scratch day one with the first game of the season. So uh, it's going to be monumental in a lot of ways, as well as a Brickyard Battalion, their support, uh, generating the interest for the team and driving that forward. So it's, it's going to be great to be live, uh, be in that environment, and kind of embrace our fans, a Brickyard Battalion, Obviously, we're going to go for the win and get a great result and hopefully have a great celebration afterwards. But I want our players to enjoy the whole atmosphere and really take it in. I've been on World Cup teams where sometimes you're so focused sure. to get in and out and play the games. You you know, you need to step back. You need to enjoy the atmosphere and the environment because it, it is meaningful and it's special, and I want everyone to appreciate that when, they're, uh, when their playing career is done. It, it's a milestone that I think everybody will uh, – be fortunate to be part of myself included Jurgen, as always thanks for the time great catching up with you again next week thank you and there you have it in this 11th minute of this segment that's 11 minutes a look at all things in the 11 and who better to start with than the inaugural head coach of this franchise in Jurgen summer now he will have the chance to lead his team onto the pitch next friday night to play against his alma mater in Indiana University. Yes, the collegiate soccer powerhouse, the 2012 national champions. Every week on this show, we will focus on the local aspect of the game. And again, Indiana University has been carrying that flag for many years to come. We'll be joined by their head coach and Todd Yeager when we come back. You are listening to Soccer Saturday on FM 107.5 and 1070 The Fan. Joined now by the head coach of the Indiana University men's soccer team. And if there is a last name that is associated with the sport in this state, it is that of the Yagley family. The man that is carrying on the tradition in multiple ways is Todd Yagley, who joins us now. 
Todd, thank you for the time. How you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Well, of course, uh, you know it's always great to talk about IU soccer, given the tradition, given the lineage uh, that this program has had. But obviously, we're going to talk about it in terms of there is a match coming up on Friday night downtown at Carroll Stadium between your squad and the Indy 11. What is it like for your program to take on a professional team in an exhibition match? It's great. It was one of the first things uh, when, when everything started getting put together. I spoke to Peter Weld about it before uh, before any coach was hired or anyone. I said, we need to, to, to make an annual spring game, um, You know, whether it's up in India and Bloomington, and we're just very fortunate that uh, obviously with Jurgen on board and all the connections with IU, it was they were very accommodating and um, having this as their kind of soft opening the week before their their season um, is just a really nice environment to to play in and um, it's obviously a great challenge for our team and, and a nice little tune-up because they've they've been playing a lot of MLS teams so I think it'll be nice for them to play someone that uh, they can have some success against uh, a little bit more if that is and and uh, and help kind of tune up them for for a really op- important opener that they have the following week well obviously it is more than just the t- connection between uh, Jurgen as, as an IU grad there are players that you have coached that will be lining up for the Indy 11 that night uh, your thoughts about the IU connections this franchise already has excited I mean we we, we were optimistic that uh, there would be some some past players that uh, you know Jurgen and Peter would bring back, and uh, there's obviously quite a few, and, and hopefully some more. And I, I know we we had a little bit of a, uh, a inner squad against them a couple weeks ago as part of our symposium. It's just you know it was fun to see you know Brad Ring and Mike Ambersley and Estridge. Um, it's tough for them to play against the Hoosiers because a lot of them <laughs> never have done that. So it was tough, tough for them and. Uh, you know, tough to see them on another with another uniform, but it, it, it's really cool. And this is, um, you know, this is a great opportunity for for Indiana players, not just the ones that, that play here, but but native Indiana players to be able to play in, the, in their home state. So uh, obviously, with with Chris Estridge is a great example uh, of that. So just excited. I mean, we we're gonna get uh, we're, we're gonna have our our hands full. Um, on Friday, but you know it's it's such a win-win for everyone because you know for us we want our guys to be challenged and and tested in ways that they would never be challenged in the fall, and that that's what this game will be for them um, with so many missing pieces from last year's team. So it's a great learning game for them. It's a little bit of a tune-up, and there's a lot of love for Indiana soccer in the state. So it'll be a fun night. And and that's kind of the, the direction that, that I was going with the next question is as somebody that literally grew up with the sport in this state and, and for for decades, really, this has been a very good collegiate soccer state, a tremendous youth soccer state, but have not had that professional outlet. And now it is the case. What is it like for you to see this team, even before kicking a first ball on April the 12th, kind of have the notoriety, the success and the attention that Indy 11 has had to this point? Well, I think it's you know it's a great testament for for what's happened in the state with the growth of soccer. Um, I mean, this is a you know to 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 to, to think back when you could barely buy some cleats and a ball and you know thirty some years ago, and 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 tough to have varsity programs. I mean, I, I my high school didn't even have varsity until my senior year, um, and that's not that long ago. Um, and, and to now full circle have a professional team that has this interest genuine soccer interest just shows how much the growth of the game has happened here but obviously with our country with mls with 
uh, the national team, the international exposure that's now in the United States to the TV. It's it's a lot of factors, um, and I'm really proud that you know this Indiana team that that we won the championship in 2012. You know we had 17 of our uh, 28 players were from the state of Indiana. It's the most unique piece of that that tournament uh, of that championship run was that was Indiana kids, um, and we've never had that that type of influence on our Indiana team. So it's all coming together and um, it's just really neat to be able to bring more exposure to a sport that we all love right here in Indiana. Again, Todd Yeagley, head IU men's soccer coach, is our guest. It's Soccer Saturday presented by Indy 11 here on FM 1075 and 1070 The Fan. A couple quick things and then we'll let you go. And again, for for the soccer diehards, they know primarily a fall schedule. That's, That's when the college levels compete. In the spring season, what are you hoping to kind of get out, out of this exhibition and, and what sort of training do you guys put in during the course of what is technically the offseason for college soccer? This is a great learning time for us. We, 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 our seniors are either playing professionally or, or we kind of tail them off to get ready for the next group. Um, so the challenge is we, we're throwing new players into a team that lost seven starters that were in support roles and now potentially in primary starting roles, at least for now, until we get, you know, our new players for next year. That's that's the tough part because you know you have some pieces that are coming in August that we can't have yet. Sure. And so the, it's like we're prepping for, for for a lot of things. It's a depth. It's a player that needs to get some time, um, et cetera. So there's so many things that we set forth in the spring, but primarily it's to, to challenge them in ways – that would best mirror a fall game. And that's why we play a Mexico or 20 national team. That's why we play a pro team. That's why we play top other college teams in our areas is to, is to challenge them. And I don't think necessarily you gain momentum, you gain experience and you gain the ability to see where you are as a group and also development in some certain positions. Um, Cause again, since we don't have a whole team, for next year, it's not going to. We're not going to have great momentum with that team. It's just right. Maybe we're going to be a little bit better at right back because we got these two guys' time, et cetera. So that's some of what we're looking for. And if it means you know taking a couple on the chin to learn that, then we're going to be better off next fall. And that's kind of our philosophy: is just play a really tough spring schedule, challenge them. And, uh, and see where we are coming the next fall. I think a lot of folks, and final question I'll have for you, Todd, is, is I think a lot of folks know of Jurgen Summer, but you know Jurgen very well. What are your expectations for him uh, as the first head coach of the Indy 11? That was a great hire. Um, I spoke to Peter several times about, you know, when they were putting together their thoughts on a coach and, and first conversation I had with him, uh, it was a name that, that I immediately brought up. Um, has everything that you want in a, in a professional coach. And I'm just really excited that, uh, that, that it all came together. And uh, he, his experience, his ability to manage, um, he's, he's seen everything um, as a player, and he's been around some excellent coaches. He just needed his opportunity, and it happened to be right in his backyard. And I'm just I'm excited for Jurgen. I've worked with him, played with him uh, during our pro years. Um, I'm just a big fan of, of Jurgen and, and I know that he'll do it right. And uh, he's putting a lot of good people around him. I mean, hiring Tim Regan, excellent hire. Uh, he's an exceptional trainer and, and, and coach. I think he'll balance Jurgen off well. I think he just knows how to put pieces together. And um, and Peter has been around the block, and he, that's what 
So it's all it's all really neat to see this come together so fast because it's hard to do what they're doing. It's it's a crash course in putting a team together. Again, Todd Yegley, head men's soccer coach at Indiana University, joining us here on our debut edition of Soccer Saturday. Todd, thank you so much for the time. We'll see you on Friday night downtown. Great. Thanks. Take care. Well, you've heard the name Peter Wilt probably mentioned a lot in conjunction with the Indy 11. He will join us in our next segment of the show. Our fourth segment will be the World's Game segment. He is a world traveler, as you'll find out in this week's interview. He's also becoming an Indiana traveler as well. We'll explain. Peter Welt joins us next. You're listening to Soccer Saturday on FM 107.5 and 1070 The Fan. Welcome back. It is Soccer Saturday on 107.5 FM and 1070 The Fan. And much like we said about Jurgen Summer, he might not be an every week guest, but he is a name and a face that you will be hearing about on this show and seeing a lot over at Carroll Stadium. He is Peter Wilt of the Indy 11. My friend, it is always good to talk to you. How have you been? Good morning. Fantastic. <laughs> Life is good in the Indy 11 world. Um, given the amount of time and effort that you have put into this venture, can you believe we're finally 14 days Oh, we're days ready away? to go. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like it's already happened. Um We've, you're right, we have a lot of time behind us in this project, and we're all just raring to go and start playing some games. You know, enough with the promotion and the talk. Done with the talk, let's walk the walk. What has surprised you, uh, what has been a pleasant surprise, maybe a better way to put it, about Indianapolis as a developing soccer market? Oh, geez, everything. I, I did not have a conception of how passionate uh, the people here are about their sports, even though I knew this was a sports city. I didn't realize how passionate they were. And then specifically about soccer itself. Uh, I knew there was a strong youth soccer market. I was really surprised by the depth of, um, I'll call it the young adult uh, soccer audience. Uh, that's been a pleasant surprise. And also the way the community has embraced this team. You know, I told our owner, Ursal Ozdemir, uh, from the beginning that, you know, just because you have a professional team and just because there's a large soccer audience doesn't mean they're going to gravitate to the local team. Right. Uh, in many ways, you know, we're not the best level of soccer in the world or the best uh, level of um, soccer that the fans here can have access to. You turn on the TV on Saturday morning and you can see better soccer being played for free on television. Uh, so we needed to do more than just uh, start a team and tell people about it. We needed to create the connections into the community. And we were fortunate to have people like the Brickyard Battalion and the Indiana Soccer Association that allowed those emotional connections to happen. Uh, this has been a, a bottom-up movement, and that's why people have embraced it. Does there need to be much in the way of, for lack of a better term, soccer education here, here kind of central Indiana? Or is this, again, surprisingly, for not having a professional team, is this a pretty well-versed soccer audience we yeah, have Yeah, I'd say two things. Uh, one, this is a, a well-versed soccer audience. It's a strong, uh, knowledgeable soccer uh, population here. So th there is a wide group. I mean, I think the uh, Chelsea intermatch last year showed that when over 40,000 people showed up on a Thursday night the night before school started uh, <laughs> for that match. And they, they were passionate and they were knowledgeable. But you're also right in that uh, it goes beyond – uh, the the general soccer audience. Indy 11 has appealed to fans, I'll call it fans of Indianapolis, 
people that like localness and they, they like their local teams, right. their local uh, culture, you know, regardless of whether or not they have uh, a connection or knowledge of it. So to this point, Indy 11 has gotten uh, outside of the boundaries of soccer. And to that extent, there is some uh, education that needs to be done. I, I think much of it will be organic. I think when people go to their first professional soccer game, they will kind of learn on the fly, uh, both about the sport itself and uh, the uh, the culture, the atmosphere, the environment. And that's what I'm looking forward to is the environment of the game created by the fans themselves, the passionate support they'll have for the team, getting the team up for those home games. Speaking of that home environment, uh, you have an exhibition game at Carroll Stadium next Friday on April the 4th, but kick it off for real on April the 12th. And I see the eyes popping out as I say something along those lines. What sort of work still is yet to be done uh, going into those first two home days? Uh, there's a lot of operational logistics. Uh, Tom Dunmore, our VP of Marketing and Operations, and Brad Newbold, uh, his right hand on the operations are, are really taking the lead on things like uh, traffic planning, uh, you know, food and beverage. Um, Mike Paterino and his Keystone Construction crew uh, have really done an amazing job of creating, I don't want to say something out of nothing, but when people familiar with Carroll Stadium haven't been there for two months and then they show up on April 12th, uh, they're going to be delightfully surprised by the improvements, the addition of four or 5,000 uh, temporary seats, the addition of a dozen uh, luxury suites, some party platforms, a ton of uh, great banners, some signage put up by our friends at Sport Graphics that really beautify things. And it's, it's amazing what a, coat of, a fresh coat of paint will do. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have that as well. So it's going to look attractive. Um, there's going to be a, a lot going on. We're most concerned, Greg, about the fan experience right now, making sure that the ingress and egress for the cars, the pedestrians, the cleanliness of the restrooms, the lines that for the uh, for the restrooms and the food and beverage are manageable. Uh, security is appropriate. Uh, all of those things uh, we want to make sure we get right. Obviously, we want to have an entertainment, uh, t- entertaining team on the field, uh, but we want the entire experience to be good so that. Uh, this isn't a, a one-off. We want people to want to come back. Well, again, season tickets are, are a big part of that, and, and that has been one of the numbers that we have talked about um, you know, t- time and time again to kind of show that outpouring of support uh, you know, for this team. That was the next kind of question I was going. Was, it was as far as when somebody comes to an Indy 11 game this season, what do you want their experience to be like? What do you think will make it uniquely Indy 11? Yeah, I think it may be different for every person. Uh, certainly there will be uh, different experiences for different people, but at the end of it, we want people to feel like they got good value and they felt part of the team. Uh, the way this is going to be su- successful and sustainable is if uh, the community believes that the athletes on the field are representing them and that they're trying their best, they're working hard. Um, I mean, you look at the current Indiana Pacers team, and I think that's a model Mm -hmm. for what we want to be, representing the community, working hard, uh, doing things the right way. Uh, And if the fans come to the games and they enjoy that experience and they feel like they got good value, uh, we'll be uh, here for a long, long time. Well, you talked about kind of that, that community feel, and I thought you guys had a tremendous outreach event two Saturdays ago. We haven't had a chance to talk on air about goals for Indy after the fact. How did it go on March 15th? That, I mean, our, our staff has done some amazing things connecting with the community, and that was one of the, the best ones. Uh, 
We partnered with over 100 organizations to donate uh, inflatable goals from Goalrilla out of uh, sports and training out of Evansville. And we got um, literally thousands and thousands of kids around the area playing soccer on a, a Saturday for all day that uh, otherwise they wouldn't have. And it's more than just that one day. Uh, these goals are being left behind with these 100 uh, schools. We were at IPS 105, uh, community centers, YMCAs, youth soccer clubs. And the idea is that uh, they are used on an ongoing basis to give kids um, alternatives uh, to maybe some bad things they'd do otherwise. Uh, so it served its purpose not only for that day, but uh, left a bit of a legacy that uh, we're very proud of. Well, you have done a wonderful job of trying to become a part of not just the community of Indianapolis, but the state of Indiana. What does the county courthouse visit count up to you at this point, Peter? How many have you knocked out at this point? Oh, uh, thanks, Greg. Yeah, uh, up to 44 of the 92 county courthouses I visited. I was fortunate we had an exhibition game in Louisville uh, a week ago today, and I was able to uh, see five of the county courthouses on the way down, spent the night, came back, saw seven more. And it's it's wonderful. The, the courthouses themselves are just beautiful works of architecture in most cases. Uh, but beyond that, it's traveling from one county seat to another, uh, stopping in between, seeing the sites, uh, went for a, a nice hike in uh, a wonderful park um, in the south. I, I saw the original state capitol in Corridon, uh, just learning the state. I'm not from Indiana, and it's uh, I love this state. I love the variety of, of, of culture and, and nature and history, and Using this uh, idea of visiting every county courthouse in the in the state uh, gives me an excuse, really, really <laughs> to see the entire state. So I'm almost halfway there. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting 46 and then uh, starting on the, the back half. As a native of Harrison County, first of all, thank you for the kind words about Corden. Always appreciate that. And as you will learn whenever we have Peter on the show, folks, if we limit the conversation to soccer with him, we are really missing out. So every time he and I will talk on the program, we will certainly talk soccer. But I will always bring, quote, unquote, other stuff into the conversation as well. Peter, my friend, good to see you. And uh, best of luck on the dress rehearsal on Friday night and the real thing in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Greg. All right, folks, we have talked to the head coach. We have talked to the architect. Now, how about let's talk to the supporters. And, oh, what a great story they have to tell. Before there was an Indy 11 there was a Brickyard Battalion, and they're working hand-to-hand -to, -hand to make this sport as successful as possible, not just in its debut season here in Indianapolis, but for many years to come. We'll talk to Josh Mason of the Brickyard Battalion when we come back. You're listening to Soccer Saturday, 107.5 FM and 1070 The Fan. Welcome back for the final time on this debut edition of Soccer Saturday on both FM 107.5 FM and 1070 The Fan. You can join us every Saturday morning. There will not be an offseason for this program 52 weeks a year. The global game never takes a break, and neither do we. Now, you have heard from Jurgen Sommer. You have heard from Peter Wilt, and you've heard from Todd Yeagley. Of course, the big exhibition game coming up next Friday at Carroll Stadium. With all of those persons' efforts maybe this franchise would not be a possibility. The same can be said of the group, the Brickyard Battalion. And joining us this morning is one of their founding members in Josh Mason. Josh, thank you so much for the time. And for someone that has not heard of the Brickyard Battalion, how would you describe it to them? Well, where to begin? Uh, in regards to the Brickyard Battalion, I mean, if you think about just the advent of social media, 
without that, our group doesn't really exist, right? So it's hard to coalesce a group of people that are like-minded like you can do with the Internet today. Uh, the Brickyard Battalion, in particular, is a supporters club directly for Indy 11. And, again, we started with absolutely nothing. We started with the concept and the idea of trying to promote on social media the idea of getting a professional soccer franchise into Indianapolis. Um, if you think about it from a purely a metaphorical standpoint, it's kind of geeky in a lot of ways. In fact, we're supporting a team that didn't really quite exist, <laughs> if you will. Uh, and, and what we were trying to do was gen- drum up enough interest in just people in general in the soccer community in regards to seeing, could we coalesce these people to get them together to say to someone in the city, and, and, whether, and this was before we knew or saw or anything was really, uh, those opportunities even existed or someone even had the same vision. How do we coalesce this group to say, we would love to see professional soccer somehow come to Indiana? And that was the beginnings of the Brickyard Battalion. And I said, and before, um, before that, I mean, it was just, you know, a, a constant conversation. The EPL is becoming more in fashion. The, the fact that uh, the likes of ESPN and other uh, networks are starting to pick up more and more soccer programming. So really from a timing standpoint, it all came to a head at the right time with all the right people coming in, coming together to really make this dream come true for all of Indiana. So again, let me point out, the Brickyard Battalion existed before Indy 11 was around. <laughs> and, and let us note that this, is the, this weekend is the 30th anniversary of the Indianapolis Colts moving from Baltimore to Indianapolis. And so there was a stadium built before there was even an NFL team here. So taking a flyer like this, Josh, has proven to have worked in the past here in the Circle City. Granted, granted, we didn't have any Mayflower trucks in our assistance, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, uh, for the most part, I said, in regards to what we, we, what we were trying to envision was the opportunity to have a team and to have something to support. And if you think about soccer culture, it's very different. I'm a 10-year season, season ticket holder for the Colts, so I just didn't have much passion about all, of our, all things Indianapolis. But it's a different experience for the fan, and I think that people who follow European soccer or any kind of soccer throughout the world, throughout the world will understand the difference from a cultural standpoint uh, and the reason why it's so important to have a supporters group like the Breakout Battalion to support the larger group. Well, let's talk about the fact of, again, this the Brickyard Battalion is its own separate entity, yet there is this tremendous working relationship you have with Indy 11. Tell us how that's been kind of cultivated over these last few months and, and, and year plus, if you will. Well, it's, it's great. I said we, we are independent. We, uh, we are a non-for-profit group that supports the club. Uh, but we when, we, when we refer to the uh, when we refer to our friends at Indy 11, we call them the FO or the front office. So uh, when we when we refer to this group and with Tom and Peter and, and the likes of that we worked with there, we have a great working relationship with them because we're both uh, we both need each other to survive. Obviously, they need a supporters group and we need a team. And so we work uh, very much hand in hand. But we hold each other also accountable to and making sure we have the right culture at the games, so that people are making good decisions. Obviously, from a fandom standpoint, and that we're there for the right reasons to support the team to ensure sure the stability of this because if you look at soccer history throughout indiana we've had some professional teams here who haven't quite made it so uh, and and really and i want to give a nod to those people too that are or maybe or may not be listening that who played for the daredevils or played for the twisters or played for the blast of the blaze those people also blaze a trail for these people in the 11 so but as it relates to the front office Great working relationship. Really appreciate the the resources and assets there. The, they and they and they also listen to the to the supporters group in terms of what we think a great what would make a great fan experience. And, and we've working hand in hand to make sure that takes place. All right, I'm, I'm gonna kind of work backwards here. I'm gonna go big picture. If someone wants to become a member of the Brickyard Battalion, how do they go about doing so? Simple. 
join uh, BrickyardBattalion.com. We have a membership page. We'd love to have you. And the thing that I try to remind people, too, is that you can become a member. You can reap the benefits of being a member. We have a tailgate opportunity that you'll always be a part of it before every game. But we really need people's activation. We need people to show up, uh, put butts in seats, and enjoy the experience because, I mean, people vote with their pocketbooks. If this team's going to be sustainable, we need, a, we need an end full of people willing to sing and chant and have a great time. Again, it's a different, it's a different experience than if you're going to any, other, any kind of sporting event in the city. But we need people to show up and contribute. So there's a small group of us, you know, did a lot of the heavy lifting for a larger group of 2,500 people roughly on uh, the total battalion right now. But we need for folks to get more and more involved. And if they want to get involved, they can email me directly at josh at brickyardbattalion.com. And I'm more than happy to give them tasks to make sure that we have a team here for 10 to 20 years to come. Now, I, I am by no means a military expert. I'm not even a soccer expert, yet they give me a soccer show. But last I checked, Josh, a battalion that is 2,500 strong, that's one whale of a battalion right there. Well, we, we prefer to think that. Um, uh, we said we we hope to add more bodies. Again, as I think as people see the game day experience, that group's only going to grow. And we we don't have, you know, we have a very unique view of the house. We sit literally, and we walked this space just the other day. We're literally not even 10 feet from behind the opposing keeper's goal. Now, I will say when Christian, who is our keeper, plays on the goal, we will try to be uh, enthusiastic, but not to distract him from his duties of uh, protecting our, our, our goal. But it said that the opposing keeper, and that's one certain half, is going to hear us in his his ear the entire match. It's going to be fantastic. All right, as we're winding down the conversation, uh, again, the exhibition game at Carroll Stadium on Friday night will be fun. We'll do this for real uh, two weeks from today on Saturday night, April the 12th. What do you expect opening night to be like for Indy 11? Well, I mean, from my viewpoint, uh, I mean, first of all, the talent on the field, I think, will, will hopefully be fantastic. I said, if anything, some of the players, they're bringing the right people in the organization. But I'm telling you, from, from someone who's watched this thing go from start to finish, uh, from going from a what you would call a fantasy fictional opportunity to a real opportunity, uh, I'm going to sit back and try to soak in as much as I possibly can because this, this is a really, really unique time for Indianapolis and sports history in Indianapolis, and I hope people have an appreciation for soccer and what it's become over the last 10 to 15 years in the United States. You know, uh, I, I won't say as to how old I am, but I'll say that I'm older than your general soccer fan, and I will say that it's been great to watch the transformation of a guy who was playing soccer when IHSAA didn't exist for soccer to having it be a, a lettered sport to what you see today. Uh, it's been fantastic, and I look forward to seeing as many bodies as humanly possible filling out uh, Carroll Stadium to make sure that Indy 11 gets the support they need to be successful in our city. By the powers of my own deductive reasoning, I think Josh and I are about the same age, so uh, we're both 25. <laughs> 25 is what he was meaning that to say. That sounds like a plan to me. All right, works, it works on radio. Nobody will know the difference. Josh, thank you so much. I know you're going to be a frequent contributor on the show. We appreciate it, and I'll see you at uh, Carroll Stadium on Friday night. Appreciate it, sir. We'll, I look forward to, to imbibing and enjoying. And just like that, boys and girls, the first edition of Soccer Saturday is now in the books. Check this out on the podcast page. If you cannot catch it live on Saturday mornings, we'll put every show in its entirety online at 1070thefan.com. Of course, for more information about Indy 11, the website is indy11.com. For ticket information, you can also give them a call at their front offices at 685-1100. For all those behind the scenes that help put this show together, like John Kaluter, not to mention John Griffith and Robin Scott from our staff at 1070 The Fan at 107.5 FM. This is Greg Rakestraw. Thank you so much to our guests, Peter Wilt, Jurgen Sommer, Todd Yeagley, and Josh Mason. We'll do it again next week and hope to see you at Carroll Stadium for that exhibition game on Friday night against Indiana University. Thank you so much for listening. It's been Soccer Saturday on 107.5 FM and 1070 The Fan.